All right, everybody good? Having a good time? Should be, right? Church should be fun. All the time, really. It's not always fun, but we would like for it to be fun. So I'm going to introduce uh, the speaker today. Um, first of all, let me just say, how many people in here, this woman's dangerous. That's what I'm going to tell you right now, real dangerous. How many people got their extra hour of sleep last night? Raise your hand. See, I didn't because of her. <laughs> um, this is what happens. This is what happened to me. Last night I had probably one of the most uh, supernatural nights I've ever had in my entire life. Just incredible. Uh, I mean, pretty much all night, I mean, I was just getting, I mean, God was visiting me, and really He was, he was showing me things about our church, showing, showing us things about the future of our church, and He was showing me, actually showed me things that we shouldn't be doing, which I really not, and it was the most rich revelation as far as it was the colors and the reality of it was so rich. It was incredible. I mean, really incredible. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And, it's, and, and the reason I'm, I'm telling you this is because uh, sometimes with the, our natural eyes, we can miss what God has for us. It's true. Because uh, when she's going to speak today, there's something that's going to be on her words that she can't see. Okay, it's an impartation. And so I want to tell you this one other, one other little thing that happened to me this morning, just to show you that, is... This morning I was reading the scripture in Luke 10 where, where uh, the disciples came back and reported to Jesus you know, after they went out on their mission trip when he sent the 70 out. And they said, Lord, uh, you know, even the demons uh, submit to us in your name. We have authority over demons in your name. And my Bible has this thing called the happy results. That's what it calls that. And I was saying, yeah, the happy results. And when I said that, an, uh, an angel came into my room there where I was at. I felt this angelic presence come and some light come, uh, and um, and I just I said to this angel because this angel's been around. Every, you know, you got angels around you whether you know it or not, right? There's a lot of angels in this room right now, and they're with us everywhere we go. I said to this angel, "Is why don't you you know let me see you?" Asking that question, and the, and this is the first time this has ever happened to me. The angel spoke to me. I heard I heard him speak to me. That's and this is what he said to me. Let me make sure I get this right. He said, because you will be probably be disappointed in the way I look. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. But my mind is like jumbled right now. Yeah, I'm a little lazy. And, and I mean, that's never happened to me before. I've never heard, you know, an angel speak to me. And I think this is the key is, I almost thought, maybe this angel's got some kind of complex, you know, inferiority complex or something like he's not. Because when we think about angels, we think about how, you know, these big glorious angels, which they are big glorious angels. Well, this, I think sometimes there's angels that appear to us, like in this room right now, they could be an angel sitting right next to somebody and we not even know it. So they come in different forms, uh, in different ways, and... Um, the point, I don't really know what the point is, okay? Anyways, this is the point. It's, yeah, we're not, she was, gosh. All right, this, I'm going to get it together because I'm not going to do what Becky did. This is crazy.
And one-third of the Bible is about prophecy, and one-third of the Bible is about angels. Isn't that awesome? So, when she spent the night there, and what I'm saying is she was talking to me yesterday, and there was, an imp- there was something on her, there's an impartation that God wants to give people. And here's what I learned, because she was asking me, actually she was asking me about Bob Jones, because we were saying, you know, that he really helped us connect with the spiritual realm. And she was asking me how, and I was really kind of trying to figure out how to answer that question. I, I, I don't know how he did it. I was coming up with a scripture or two, trying to be spiritual. <laughs> but I know, uh, and I was thinking this morning, after that angel spoke to me, I'm just going to ask Bob and, and Bonnie if they want to spend a night at my house. I'm serious. Because what happens is when a person who's, who has a, this a gifting, this anointing that they're they're really connecting in the spiritual realm. That's, this is the way this thing works. Is you're going to get an impartation that you may not even be mentally aware of. Okay, You're going to receive something that can affect you tomorrow, next week. You, you hear what I'm saying to you? That will help you connect into the spiritual realm. And I think that's really what the Lord wants to do for people this morning. And, uh, you know, so that was sort of the improper, well, I said the improper introduction. Man, this girl has really has a unique power on her. I'm telling you, she really does. It's very different. It is good, yeah. Oof. She's, she is sort of messing with us up here. <laughs> I, I've never had that happen before. Um, <clears throat> well, that might not be true, but... <laughs> Michelle and I met about a year ago. I was invited to a luncheon to meet her. And it was rather a proper luncheon. (laughs) But Michelle and I sort of caught each other's eyes and we sort of under the table knew we were both Holy Ghost girls. (laughs) So we had fun and we connected. It was great. It was really, really great. So I, you know, have kept up with her through Facebook. She's actually the one that got me on Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I logged on one day and had about a hundred emails <laughs> after I did that. I didn't know what Facebook was, but anyway, that's what it does. But anyway, I've been keeping up with her, and we really wanted to have her. And it was ironic that she was available the Sunday after Shampa was going to be here. So we really feel like this is the Lord, and uh, we want to reach out. Come on, Michelle. We also want to go ahead. And take up an offering for her because she will move right into ministry time. And her ministry, um, that's what I was going to do. She's coming up. We're, it's taken two of us to do this. Can you tell? <laughs> but she, um, this is, I did not know this, but she, three years ago, arrived in Sudan alone. Did you have Jenny, Jenny Joy with you at the time? Maybe with just one assistant. And now she has, she's informed me she doesn't call it an orphanage, which I think is exactly right, but she has 93 sons and daughters of the kingdom who are living with her. And uh, the Lord is using them mightily. Even right now they're rescuing people, uh, kids out of this rebel armies that have just been terrorist. And they're having ministry, uh, they're ministering to these as well. And so come on up and she'll tell us more, but... We want to welcome her here. We really want to welcome and offer her. While she's getting up here, if we go ahead 
and take an offering up for her. And this is a very good ministry, good ground to, for a return to sow into. So I encourage you to give um, because you're not just giving to for her for speaking this morning. You're giving into a ministry that is saving lives. So thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bob's got something, and we want to give him an opportunity right before Michelle gets going. Uh, Everybody's talking about the bride. I don't see how the bride can come forth right now. What I see is a marriage getting ready to take place that the bride will come out of. And I believe that's getting ready to take place in the church. God loves the church. And uh, how can the bride come forth without first the best, uh, uh, best friend, friend of the bride and the groom comes forth? So what I see coming forth now is Eliezer Ministries, the best man. And the best man never uh, uh, represents himself uh, He presents himself to another. He always, like Eliezer and Rebecca, all he talked about in the 40 days in the trip back to Israel with Rebecca was Isaac, which was the son of promise. And what I see is the best friends are getting ready to come forth now in the church. They're the perfection ministries. The bride can't come into perfection without them. So what I'm seeing now is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers that can perfect the bride. So what I see is a marriage getting ready to take place. But it's the Father and the church. And the church's main calling will be when this government office comes together will be, go get his son a bride. So I believe that we're in the beginning of the churches that are looking to the Lord to become a a married, a Beulah land. And out of that will come the bride. So the birthing I see now is the wife and the relationship which will bring forth the bride. So many things are running ahead. I believe what I, I think a lot of the church are seeing things ahead before it gets here. Get ready to be part of the best friend, the best man. In other words, get into the church. Because it's going to be God's government that's going to determine what's going to happen down here now. God has given all authority to the the church. And all that authority is going to go out of His government. So there's a a radical change going on in government now. Uh, It's a rebellion. 
to bring about a change of government, even in this nation, uh, to replace that which has been in authority with God's fivefold authority. And what is determined there is what they determined. So the Lord is, the Holy Spirit is really beginning to build forth the Eliezer, the best friend, the friend of the groom and the bride. So I think that's the ad, uh, I think that's the invitation to all of you that you'd be the best friend of Jesus. Gosh, I'm glad to be with all of you. Thank you, Jesus. We want to be your best friends. We want to be the ones you can share your most intimate secrets with. We want to be the ones that are holy, holy, trustworthy. That are living all of life embraced in the secret place of your heart. We want to be those that are intimately connected with you and that are involved in the preparation of the bride all over the earth, God, in the nations. Father, I'm longing, I'm longing, I'm longing to see your Sudanese bride come forth. To see your veiled bride in the Middle East come forth. And have eyes to see you for who you are, God. I'm longing, most of all, King Jesus, for you. Shabbat. Shika Baba Shandarabusik Erimo Sundarabuse Herimo Sundari Arabusik Anama Sundarabuseke Shandarabusalabushiki Anamase Yeah, he wants to show his glory. There are people who are willing to be consumed. My heavens! Wowie zowie! It's just so fun. I love how Holy Spirit likes to speak in surround sound. (laughs) And he is so good about, about weaving everything together. And it's just, it's exciting that I wanted to show you my family. That's why I showed you the, showed you the video because I miss them a lot. So I like looking at their pictures. Aren't they gorgeous? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually the trailer to a um, documentary that's going to be coming out um, next year in the spring. 
And we'll be having some pre-releases starting on Christmas Day, which is our third anniversary of being open. Because Jesus, when I, when I went into Sudan, I want to tell you a little bit more about how I got there. Some of you, how many were you in, with, of you were in the first service? Okay, a few of you, good. Okay, let me give you the lowdown. Let me give you the nutshell ver- version if you want the early history and get the recording from the first service. <laughs> and uh, we're in this flow. It's kind of fun. And um, yay, God. All righty. Well, um, people want to know how I was, you know, how I lost my leg. And the answer is I was born that way. I was born missing, left tip, left Kidney, right kidney didn't work, incomplete digestive tract, severe scoliosis, deafness in my left ear. By the time I was 13, I had 23 surgeries. The doctors thought I was going to die, but they were wrong. (laughs) Because King Jesus had a totally different idea. And now the very thing that the enemy thought was going to take me out is being thrown back in his face in getting me in. Getting me into places where many other people would get shot. But because I'm little and I have one leg and I've got a really big angelic entourage, King Jesus is with me and I'm cute. They don't know what to do with that. And so when they stick their guns at me, and I ask them, wow, what kind of gun is that? (laughs) They just forget they were mad and put them down. And then I get really ornery, and I ask them if their guns have ever raised the dead. And they go, no, they've never raised the dead. I said, well, then you really might want to check out God's love. Because he raises the dead. He calls things as not as though they were. And if your gun can only bring about destruction, but he can bring about life and restoration, then maybe you should check into his weaponry. And the first year we were in Sudan, uh, I was in Sudan, this... um, I had a chance to have this conversation with a leader in one of the armies there, and they were they were so excited with this concept, they invited me in to do a strategic military training seminar. <laughs> so here's little me with all these really big soldiers. And they're on their knees weeping, crying out for God's love. <laughs> Not because I'm particularly put together or even because I know what I'm doing. But because I am so in love with Jesus, I'm silly enough to believe him and go anywhere he says to. Because when you are in love, you will do really strange things. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Think back to the days when you first fell in love. You would do anything to spend time with the one you're in love with. Even if, even if it meant to go to really odd places that you wouldn't normally go. My, my love relationship with Jesus has led me to really odd places. 
that I wouldn't normally go because the two things I told God I really was not that enthused about was camping and children. Uh. And now I live in the middle of the bush with no running water, no electricity, and 93 kids. And I have never been happier. Because the only thing that limits God is the limitations we put on Him. He is not limited by your circumstances. He is not limited by the things that you see in your natural realm. Because we are not natural beings. We are supernatural beings. So the very things that we look at as our limitations are heaven's opportunities. They're just waiting for us to see them as such. (laughs) So when I was a little girl, Jesus walked into my room and I met him eye to eye, face to face. And he promised me nations. I asked him if he brought the plane ticket with him. I was ready to go. So I've been trying to get out of the United States since I was seven. I had to wait a few years. (laughs) God's timing's perfect. Hold on to his promise no matter how long it takes. Don't let what people say steal the promise of what heaven has given you. Ever. (laughs) Yay, God. So my journey took me through many places, India, the Middle East, Central Asia, the slums of, of lots of different parts of the world. And then finally into Sudan. Now, when I got sent out from Iris, I did their school in, in Mozambique. And when I got sent out from there, they weren't sure where I was going. And I wasn't sure where I was going. We just knew it was Sudan. And so they said, we're not sure about anything about there. We don't know anyone there, but God does, so follow him. And so the first thing, you know, when God is giving you a calling or a promise, it's very good to keep in touch with him about it. (laughs) Because the way that you think the promise may play out often is not the way God has designed it to play out. So often we don't miss the what, we miss the how. And so God is just, he's just, he's so faithful and gracious. So I asked him, well, where do I go now? He says, go to South Africa and pray for three weeks. So I didn't know anyone in South Africa, and I had a connection that got me into this little run-down building that was about to fall apart in, you know, central Johannesburg. It was like Harlem in Johannesburg, which is not a good area to hang out with. So there I was staying there and, and I was praying and, and it just felt like nothing happened. I mean, I prayed for three weeks. Now, I am used to seeing things. I'm used to hearing things. I just heard, keep praying. Okay, I was hoping for the 21-day visitation. <laughs> but God was looking for faithfulness. So so I did. I just pressed in and kept praying and did whatever he had on my heart for the moment. And on the 21st night, Jesus walked into the room. And I had an encounter that has just, I mean, it's become a life-defining message. And it's one I want to be able to share with you in the context of telling you some stories. It's all about the transfigurations and the lightnings of heaven. 
So Jesus walked into the room and he had lightning coming out of the center core of who he was. And I did not ask questions. I hit the deck. (laughs) You know, splat, there I am on my face. There's like mice running around the periphery of the room. I'm not noticing. King Jesus was in the room. King of kings, Lord of lords, at whom every knee will bow. Whether on earth or under the earth or in heaven. And so there I was. And, and you know, Jesus, he's so fun. And he said, beloved, would you like to know what, you know, why I carry the lightnings of heaven? When Jesus asks you a question, you know, he already knows the answer. And if he wants to, you know, give me something, of course I'd like to know that. Yes. And he began to explain. Um, I got a science lesson first, a refresher from my early days in school, that cloud-to-ground lightning was not first an electrical charge that reached down from heaven. It was first an invisible charge that reaches up from the earth. And what we see as cloud-to-ground lightning is heaven's visible response to earth's invisible reach. I went, whoa, that's cool. It was more like, whoa. (laughs) Had some lightning bolts that punctuated the revelation, so you ducked. And, um, And then Jesus began to speak, and he said, Beloved, I carried the lightnings with heaven when I walked on the earth as a man because I lived a life in agreement with heaven. Lightning is where heaven finds agreement with the earth. And God is calling us to be a company of holy lightning rods. Where we live lives in such agreement with heaven. (laughs) That heaven has full access to invade. And then the visitation continues. Some other things happened. And I had been asking for 21 days where exactly in Sudan God wanted me to go. And so Jesus said, I want you to go to Yay. Yay? Is that like a city past wow? You know, where's Yay, God? And, and, you know, his response was, get a map out and look. So I did. And I saw that Yay was on the southwestern corner of Sudan. It's surrounded by Democratic Republic of Congo and Uganda. It's just on the border, a couple hours into the, into the country. And I saw that it was spelled Y-E-I. And Jesus spoke to me and he said, Yay, Y-E-I, you enter in. He said, it will be where you enter in. He said, where you will see the young enter into revival and into my promise. I said, wake oh God, how do we get there? Go to Uganda. Okay. So I went to Uganda, traveled around Uganda. One thing led to another. Before I knew what was happening, I was driving. I had hired a car and a driver. So it was me and a guy I didn't know. With five other guys who decided they wanted a ride that I didn't know. The only female and the only Westerner. Driving sight unseen across rebel-controlled territory. I didn't know that part till later. Probably a good thing. You know, I'm very happy... My angels are never bored. Too many of you have bored angels. 
mine are, they're probably, if anything, they're overworked, bless their hearts. And so I'm driving sight unseen into a place that I've never been. And everybody along the way had told me, you crazy white woman. You have no money. You have no plan. You have the name of two people who don't know who you are and don't know you're coming. You have no strategy. You have no team. You didn't do a feasibility study. <laughs> Said my papa already did it and he thinks it's feasible. <laughs> and I do have a team. Thank you very much. I'm on a team of four. Father, Son, Holy Spirit and me. <laughs> And within the first hour of being in the country, God provided the contact with someone who had a building that we wound up renting, which I signed the lease without having the money for it. But, you know, God did provide. (laughs) Common sense didn't get me into Sudan, so I didn't figure I should pull it out at that point. (laughs) I I just did what I saw heaven doing. I want to read to you a brief description because... After having that encounter with Jesus, they always like to, you know, confirm things in the Bible. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. The Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus, you know, he's having this, this heavenly encounter on this mountain. It says, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. It goes on. You can read more. It's a great passage. I wish I had time to teach on everything that God's been speaking to me about it. But I just want to highlight a few things because I want to tell you stories. Because I think today is about not just hearing a good teaching. It's about entering into the truth. And letting it change you from the inside out. So you can walk in the reality of heaven here and now. The angelic is a very, very real presence. God wants to give us eyes to see. Because we were not created to live from earth to heaven. We were created to live from heaven to earth. And I, my heart, everything in me is contending for a company of people, a generation, and I do not mean an age group when I say that. I mean a company of people who share the same characteristics, young and old, linked together, intergenerational movement that is so seeing the things in heaven that they're able, what you see you can have. So so seeing the things in heaven that they're able to bring them down and see them become a reality all around them. (laughs) Yeah. God's good. He's so much fun. So I got my confirmation. Jesus had, had looked like lightning in the transfiguration. I went, okay, that's good enough for me, Jesus. <laughs> wow, the veil between worlds is getting very thin. It has grown thinner, 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 thinner for us. And I love, oh, I love what you shared. Because Jesus had put on my heart that 2009 was a time when things would be aligned, defined, and assigned. That it is imperative that we snap into alignment with who God is, with the head, with who, with everything that heaven is declaring. And when we are aligned, it releases a redefining of the things around us that, that brings us into a new si- a season of assignments. 
And so it's just, it's this cool time. So back in 2006, I was journeying into Sudan, and we started on Christmas Day by feeding a thousand people. Because God wanted to know what I wanted to do for my first Christmas, and I said I wanted a party. <laughs> All heaven is a party. So if you don't like parties, you better get an adjustment. <laughs> Because God likes them. He likes to give parties to people who have never had them. So that's what we did. We gave, we gave parties to these beautiful people who had not had a Christmas feast quite like this before. And we took in our first 12 children and two, two mamas to take care of them, Sudanese mamas. Almost all of our staff are indigenous because we want to see indigenous expressions of the bride released. Okay, the day of missionary colonialism is over. It is about raising up the bride in the nations and releasing them to live from heaven to earth. Yeah. And so there we were, and we had our, had our 12 children, and we started. And as I told the early morning crowd, I said in, in basically less than three years from that day till now, We've grown. We've cared for over 100 children. We have 93 currently living with us. We have four different works in different regions, four different regions that are being reached and impacted in southern Sudan. We have 400 kids that are receiving some form of education through what God's doing. And God is just showing up. I want to tell you some angel stories about how we've encountered the angelic in Sudan, and about some heavenly reality. I think, um, so many. Oh, we'll take it as it comes. Okay. So when we first got there, our kids really, 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 really wanted soccer balls. And I didn't have money for soccer balls. I didn't even have money for food. And I had to go, we have to go to another country to get all of our resources because there aren't any reliable banks in in our region. So I had to leave because we ran out of money and, and go pick some go get some more from our accounts and I was delayed and they ran out of food. Which you know is a mama's heart that, that just is like ugh I mean it wouldn't have hurt anybody really for one day, but still, you know you want your kids to eat. So I'm I'm there and I'm praying, going, God please provide. I know you want to provide for them. You are a papa in heaven. And when they had come to me asking for, for soccer balls, Mama, Nina, Dad, or football, we want footballs. I said, I don't have the resources, but, but your Heavenly Father does. So let's, let's just pray. Let's talk to Him about it. So we had a prayer initiative sweep the compound. <laughs> so when I'm gone, I didn't even get to be there to see it. I heard about it, but I didn't get to be there to see it. They had just cooked the last food in the store. And about an hour later, in pulls a truck filled with basins of rice and beans with our names on it. Unsolicited. Just showed up. And so everybody was so excited about that. And then um, <laughs> they said, but wait, we, we heard you had kids here, so we thought you might like these. And they pulled out a huge sack filled with soccer balls. And 
then everybody cheered just like you do. And they said, shh, shh, shh. Well, if you have these, you need these. And then they pulled out another bag filled with jerseys. You see, so often we limit heaven. We limit them. We limit him by our expectations. We think that, sure, we can believe God will provide food, but soccer balls? God is not just the God of barely enough. He is the God of more than enough. And there's no accident. You are in Mooresville today. I believe God wants to pour out more in Mooresville. Supernatural is very, very practical and very, very real. And so I had a friend with me um, for some months when we first opened up, who's no longer there, but she was with me, and we, we like to pray. Of course, we don't have running water and electricity, so it's not like we're going to watch TV. So um, um, heaven's more fun anyway. So, so we like to pray, and I had just, you know, we were just hanging out with Jesus, and all of a sudden we got taken up together to the body, the body part room. You've heard of that, some of you? Yeah, okay. Um, three, four years prior, I was just sitting being quiet. I wasn't even praying. And all of a sudden, I was in the spirit, and I was in this freaky room that had body parts. I wasn't sure I was thrilled with his visitation. I don't do blood and guts. So shrink wrap, vacuum seal packages of body parts were not amusing. But Jesus was there, so I love being with him, so that was okay. And so we're walking down these aisles, and he pulls one out, and it has a leg, a hip, a kidney, a spine, a left ear, everything I needed, and it had my name on it. And he called some angels, some angelic warehouse workers over, said, bring it to shipping. on the way. I asked him if he could split the delivery up like Amazon did. We'll see. But then a couple, couple years later, we're in Sudan, my friend's there, we pray and we're back in this room and, and she was in a different part. She was talking to the angel in the corner named Gordon. He was one of the like delivery manager guys. I don't know. Just was like, cool, God. So I called over to her. I said, ask him if he knows about a delivery for Michelle Perry. Now, she did not know about the previous um, visitation at all. I hadn't told her. And she, <laughs> so she asks him. He called, and she calls back, and she says, he says it's not here. It's been sent to shipping. It's on the way. Oh, Heavenly reality can change the circumstances around us. And I'm, this all has a point. There, there's really, it just, it really does. And um, so there we were. We, someone knocks on the door. We're back in our room. Okay. So a few hours later, we walk down the road to go to the Internet shack. The shack. But it's where we're able to check our email. And on the way, I was talking to her. In the middle of nowhere appears this car. And it's the most eclectic, weird-looking vehicle I've ever seen. And it's driven by two translucent-looking white guys that look like they were, like, Eastern European and hadn't seen any sun in a while. And the car is completely empty. 
And, and it's got like all the safari memorabilia glued on the outside of it. And it just, it looked completely out of place, but I was still in another realm, so I didn't pick up on that. And so I go up to them thinking they're just, you know, new guys in town. I go up to them like, hey, where are you from? Oh, we're not from here. I say, oh, that's cool. What organization are you with? Because nobody is in Sudan without an organization if you're white. So they kind of looked at each other and paused and goes, um, we're, uh, we're tourists. <laughs> we don't have tourists in Sudan, okay? <laughs> so they asked where we lived. We pointed out our gate, waved them on to where they said they were going, and turned around and walked. Two minutes later, we turned around. Now, our road was not a road. We don't have paved roads either. So it would take at least five minutes to get to the end of it. There were no turnoffs. And so we turned around, you know, like not even a minute and a half, two minutes later, and the car had disappeared. Now, my friend, I'm going, I just got some of the dots out. I wonder where they went. Can you imagine tourists in Sudan? And she looks at me and she goes, Michelle, tourists from another realm. Oh! <laughs> So we were back that night in the um, in our room where we were staying at the house. We had like 40 kids with us at the time, and they were all asleep. And so we're swapping God stories. And all of a sudden, I see like a bunch of angels walk in the room. And one of them steps forward a little awkwardly, holding out this big, long spine. He's smiling really big. And it was too tall for me. So my friend was a bit taller than I am. So I said, honey, do you happen to need a spine? And she goes, why, yes, I do, actually. I was just looking at one up in heaven earlier today. I said, well, I think, I think you've got a delivery for you. So I put my hand on her back and began to pray. My hand, it was like I had electrical current running through my arm. My hand became magnetized to her back for four hours. When she got up, she was three inches taller and had a completely new spine. Yeah. We were designed to live in two realms at once. I am contending for a company of Enoch who knows how to live in the heavenly places and bring that reality down to be a part of our everyday lives. I'll tell you, tell you one more story. This one's really fun. Talk about angels. Angels on assignment. We have a nasty group in our area called the LRA, Lord's Resistance Army. They've been terrorizing the region for about 20 years. They abduct children, force them to do horrible things. And it's just, it's a mess. It's really a mess. And in March of this year, there was a a group of LRA soldiers and it came within a mile of our compound. And they were they were massacring people. You could hear you could hear the cries. You could hear people running and screaming, going, Run, run, the rebels are coming. Now we have a fence on our compound, but it's more of an impressionistic fence. It's like twigs and a few strands of barbed wire. It doesn't keep anything out or in. 
but it's the impression of offense. The only thing that keeps us safe is we have a ten of angels that form the boundary lines on our on our property. And they're, the, they're really our fence. It is a wall of fire around us in the presence of God and the glory within. He is our glory within. And I knew that was a promise. That's a promise we've been standing on since we started. That Jesus is the wall of fire around us and the glory within. And that when the enemy wants us to run into fear, into his fire, God is calling us to run into the flame of who he is. And so we kind of had nothing was a good option in the natural because the commissioner had gotten on the radio and said, rebels are in the area. Everybody dust off your AKs and your machetes. And so you have people swinging their guns around and their, their machetes around in town. And you had rebels a mile down the road outside of town. So we just, you know, remember how I said when God gives you a promise, it's really good to keep in touch with him about it? So I said, okay, Papa, what do you want us to do? What's up? And he says, don't run, worship. So we gathered all of our kids, and our kids are great worshipers. They love to worship. They love to pray. They like to go to heaven. They love to pray for the blind and the deaf and see them healed. If you want to see a near riot break out on our compound, say, I can take five of you to the hospital to pray. I mean, they love it. They're just, they're just, oh, they're, they're amazing. They're some of my greatest heroes, my little five, six, and eight, nine, and ten, eleven-year-olds. And so we all gathered as a big family, um, kind of in, in the center of where the houses are um, on our land. We have 40 acres God has given us. And a vision to see it filled with heaven. <laughs> yes. So... Our kids, they're really scared because many of them have had family members murdered by the LRA. They knew what was coming. It wasn't like, you know, what is that? They knew. And they were really scared. And I said, guys, open your eyes and tell me what you see. Open your eyes and tell me what you see. Look at the fence. What do you see? We see the angels. I said, good. Good. Okay. Well, we're going to worship. And so we gathered as a family. We gathered as a family and we began to worship. And our little 14, 15 year old girls led us in worship. And we worshiped and we praised and we worshiped and we praised. And the more you worship and praise, God builds his throne on the praises of his people. It releases the supernatural. I just think of um, in the Old Testament where the worshipers went ahead of the armies. And it sent the enemy into confusion. So our little kids are, yay, tsudiwangu, wazamalami. They're worshiping and singing and dancing like we do for an hour in the middle of rebels around us. And then it got quiet and I opened my eyes and looked and they were all, they were all kneeling in the dirt and they were interceding. And some of them that had prayer languages were shundarabosake. They were praying in their prayer language. They were interceding not for our safety, but for the salvation of the rebels. Uh, that wave passed we got up we commanded the spirit of fear to get off of our compound it was illegal and then we all went to sleep after quoting Psalm 91 Uh, 
The rebels came within a mile of us, stopped, turned around, and went the opposite direction. For no natural reason. But we know what happened. They saw our angels. A few days later, three children were brought to us. One of them was a little girl who had been beaten in the head, forced to watch her mother murdered, and left for dead. She was in a coma for three days. When she came out, she was, she was catatonic. She couldn't, she couldn't talk. She was barely walking. And we, um, you know, we didn't know quite what to do with that, but we knew what to do with that, if you know what I mean. And so we held her and loved her and sang over her. And it's not just me. It's a big family of Sudanese staff and, and my personal assistant, Jenny, and we had some visitors at the time. We all pitched in. It wasn't like the Michelle show. It was all of us being a body together. And we loved this little girl and we prayed over her. We sang over her. We called out her destiny. And about a week later, we had just gotten funding to get her to another country for some advanced um, or actually just medical care in general. We don't really have much of that where we live. And when, because she had this big dent in her head. Now, I'm not medical, but I do know that's not normal. And she was very, very traumatized. And, and so she would just sit there and stare. No expression for, for a whole day, if you let her. Um, I went into town to do some errands, came back, and she wasn't there. Well, that's strange. So I'm looking, and all of a sudden I hear laughter behind me. So I turn around to look, and there is little Charity running and laughing and playing with all of the little girls. Her age. She runs up to me, wraps her arms around me, and looks at me and goes, Mama! And you wonder why I do what I do. I felt her head in what was a sizable dent had reduced to the size of a dime. And God continued, has healed her completely. We were able to contact the UN agency that very graciously offered us the funds and said, thank you so much, we don't need them. Jesus healed her. a life based on my natural circumstances? Come on. I'd be being a barista in Starbucks. Not that that's bad. You can prophesy over people in Starbucks, okay? (laughs) The angelic supernatural realm, beloved, is real, and you are called to live there. You are called to live from heaven to earth. We are all the body as a bride to live lives that are in agreement with heaven so that we can release the reality of heaven to change the reality around us. And that's what we're seeing in Sudan. Through some of the most unlikely, completely unlikely candidates on the planet. I'm one. I'm a city girl and now I live in the bush. Well, it's a mud-thatch city, but, you know, be specific when you ask God things. (laughs) So I want to know how many of you 
would like to be those who, like Jesus, when he walked the earth, King Jesus lives inside of you. So everything he did, you get to do. And more. Because his word says greater things than these. So I don't just want to walk in the, the up to these. I want to walk in the greater than these. <laughs> I want to see nations saved in a day because of the supernatural reality of heaven. And all God requires is your yes. It's a life of agreement lived with heaven, with intimacy with Jesus. So I'd like to know how many of you would like to be a holy lightning rod? Yeah, good. Be careful, God saw that. (laughs) He takes you seriously. But it's not about... You know, jumping continents initially, it's just about taking every step with a yes. And you'll keep saying yes, and yes again, and yes again, and yes again, and yes again. Until one day there'll be no no left. Because you will be so in love with who Jesus is. That you just can't contain yourself. Oh. All of you have a call and a destiny. All of you do to see heaven invade earth. Not just platform ministers. It's about the bride. It's about the bride. And so as we go back into worship and have a ministry time and do whatever God says, Holy Spirit says to do, I never know how these things are going to play out. But when we just follow heaven and flow with what he says. We're going to practice living in agreement, ministering in agreement with heaven. God is just asking for your yes. If he can send a little white woman who does not do camping or bugs or anything like that into a war zone in Sudan, a little woman with one leg and crutches who doctors didn't even think would live, then there is no limit with what he can do with any one of you. So we're just going to have ministry time. Is that cool? Is that good? Yeah, so let's just worship. And if you want ministry, you want to live a life in agreement with heaven, whether you're two or you're much older than that, you come on down. Okay, we'll do that. Your whole ministry team to pray. Okay, I know. Okay, now I want you to go ahead.